I'm Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm Curtis Jones. I am Cody Gagbo. Putting on the Liverpool top for the first time, it was a dream come true and I'll never forget that moment. Pre-order the new LFC 24-25 season Nike home kit now. You can pre-order it today for delivery from the 16th of May at your official LFC stores. Online at liverpoolfc.com forward slash store and on the official LFC store app. You will never walk alone. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. The show has started. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. Broadcasting to you from my house in a field here in beautiful rural Ireland where I've been busy being a farmer all day. I'm Trev Denny and I'm joined by my usual muckers, Lisa Marie Hannan and Cam Branch for this particular episode. Um, as I've just alluded to, I did spend the day um, in my garden uh, pretending that I know what I'm doing. Uh, it was my third or fourth year at it now and I was planting and digging and all those kind of things from nine o'clock until about 15 minutes before <laughs> the uh, well no sorry 20 minutes before the, uh, the show started when I ran in to get a shower and sit down and I'm still I was still eating my apple loudly at um, poor Cam and Lisa Marie yes my side my cider apple because branch <laughs> he lasted all of no seconds without getting a, a racist Irish slur in. Um, <laughs> that's just how he rolls. Uh, but anyway, yes, Slander. yes, alcohol joke, Irish man, nice. Uh, so <laughs> you 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 love this one, Cam, because this is a this is a harkening back to earlier days. Um, on the watch of myself and yourself and Carl back when we often used to quote Uncle Monty. Uh, mm-hmm kind of a, a spiritual hero of the show. Uh, and the reason I'm doing this is because one of the, the crops I planted today, put down potatoes and peas, uh, broccoli, and one of the things I put down was carrots. And I wanted to hear Uncle Monty talking about carrots and, how, and about how flowers are just prostitutes for the bees because it's been too long. So here is that exact little quote. And it builds up with Withnell and I, ringing Monty's doorbell, surprising him with a little visit, and um, he is very, very cordial and offers him a sherry. Hello, come in. Sherry. 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 
like vegetables. I've always been fond of root crops, but I only started to grow last summer. I happen to think the cauliflower more beautiful than the rose. Chin chin. Do you grow geraniums? Oh, you little traitors. I think the carrot infinitely more fascinating than the geranium. Hmm. The carrot has mystery. Flowers are essentially tarts. Prostitutes for the bees. <laughs> there is, you will agree, certain je ne sais quoi, very special about a firm young carrot. Mm, excuse me. Do help yourself another drink. Oh, Monty. Fantastic <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Hello! I'm, there's no way I'm not going to invite you all to sit down, do, from now on at the start of each podcast. Um, that was just a little bit of uh, nostalgia for those of you who've been with us for a while. And for those of you who haven't, go and watch with Neil and I. You will not be disappointed. Hello, Lisa Marie. How are you doing? I am fine, Trevor. Thank you. How are you? You seem to be caught on some sort of automatic switch there. I think you need to go back into human mode, Lisa Marie. I know you spend a lot of your day working as a professional um, uh, killer robot announcer, but uh, we need to switch back to your, your, your more down-home accent that we all love. So, uh, yes, yes. All right. I'll, I'll, get, I'll switch back to Southern Bell mode and we'll go from there. Thank you. Like, can we throw, throw in a few y'alls as quickly as possible because we, we are we're struggling here with that. It's, I find it very threatening and uh, very scary. Threatening uh, is not usually a, a word that people apply to me, so that's, that's a little bit fun. I kind of uh, like that. Yes, your disembodied voice is threatening. There is no two ways about it because uh, I feel like I have to do what you say. So, if you, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Only it really had that power, if only. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, I know. I can just imagine you trying that on 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 three particular individuals. I can imagine <laughs> that would go over really well. Um, so, what have you got for us to start this week? Well, I have more literary genius from child number two. Wow, <laughs> fantastic! Here he goes. This is a re- a regular feature now. It it kind of is, but but this one I. I thought you, Trevor, once again, will especially appreciate this. Oh, yeah? Um, it's an essay that he had to write. I guess it was a, I can't remember what they called it. They called it a personal essay or a personal narrative or something like that. But okay. he is writing about his first day um, in public high school. So he went to uh, Catholic school um, until he was 14 and then moved um, to public school for, for high school. And it was a bit of a, well, this is a little bit different for him. So anyway, here we go. And it's entitled Finding My Independence. Hmm. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read a little bit of it. But. It was the first day of public high school when I realized the chokehold that Catholic school had on me to refuse change rather than embrace it. I sat in my brother's beat up Honda that had seen more years than me while I cursed my parents for sending me to the public school instead of Father Ryan with my friends. After I looked at the clock on my phone one last time and ended my bratty tantrum, I decided I would suck up my pride and face the school rather than my mother's wrath. The moment I entered the building through the large doors, I was thrust into the traffic of Independence High School as my new loud and obnoxious classmates came into the herd, disseminated into a herd of people 
Never had I seen so many people my age in one place before. The newly waxed floors were being scuffed already by the shoes of excited students ready to start the new school year. And as I walked among them, I appeared as if I had just started my life sentence in prison. Wow. I know, right? No, no, it gets better. You'll... <laughs> That's deep. When I looked around my new school, everything seemed strange compared to what I had associated with school. The number of students, the behaviors, the clothes. As I continued on, I saw so much visible skin that the nuns would have started to throw gallons of holy water while sim simultaneously <laughs> chanting in Latin to ward off the harmful demons. The experience could only be described as culture shock of the highest amount. And while it was true, I appeared outwardly disgusted by the place. I secretly already started to appreciate the freedom this school offered me. Only a few steps in. But even with the long time growing desire for independence strong within me, Pope Francis and his terrifying army of ruler wielding nuns were still stronger. And he goes on. You know, <laughs> but I'll uh, leave it there. I'm now, just, uh, I have to tell you while he did go to Catholic school, he was not taught by nuns. He was taking a little literary license there. I was going to say, I think <laughs> I, there might be some imagination being used there. Also, <laughs> Also, um, just, you know, just to pa pass on to him, yeah, sorry, kid number two, I'm sure you are enjoying the freedom, but probably also all that flesh. That's just an <laughs> observation on my part. Cynical, it may be. Yes. Now, honestly, I mean, he went from a school, a school that had approximately 400 students in grades, kindergarten through eighth grade, to a school where his class, his freshman class had over 500 students, so yeah. it was a very different. <laughs> oh, that is the definition of a culture shock, right there. It really is. I had a similar thing going from a small little primary school to my secondary school, which was the biggest boys' school in the in the area, and then from that, uh, you know, the 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 jump to college is also quite a quite a culture shock, but a really good one. Uh, I, all all the best things happen at that point. Um, whereas <laughs> I understand uh, I understand where where, where he's at. Well, the moment. now nearly three years later, he seems to have forgiven us, and yeah. <laughs> I, I don't 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 think we didn't notice the wrath of 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 the mother being mentioned. Yeah, I I, I was waiting for one of you to uh, snicker. <laughs> yeah, well, for, for all your kind of oh, I'm just so shy and nice, and nobody takes any notice of me. I, you just use that voice, and them. that's it. Game <laughs> over. <laughs> uh, Cam, how are you getting on, my friend? Um, good, thanks, Trev. Yourself? Yeah, happy days. Like I say, very rewarding outdoorsy days. So that's that's mm -hmm. always good. That's always How's good. He is much better. He is yeah. like myself, where I get it from. Uh, now he's discovered uh, he can work about three different contraptions, including walkers and wheelchairs, and get himself with with his cast down to his freaking garden cam. Where he got he got my mother and brother to rig up a table so he can pot plants in the sun. That's, that's what more does a man want? What more does a what more does a man want? So he's happy out. Yeah, he's happy out. Thank you for asking. That's good. That's good. Right. Um, I have a opening quote. For those of you with a sensitive disposition, you may want to mute for thirty seconds or so. Um, it is quite explicit. This is a an old classic. That I've not heard in a long time, but I just felt 
it'll be nice to bring it back, uh, considering what happened midweek. So here goes. Who the fuck are Man United? Who the fuck are Man United? Who the fuck are Man United? And the Reds go marching on, on, on. Tremendous. Who, who, who'd have thunk you'd be the one to start singing on the show? That's great. Did you like that? Hey, um, you know what? If we win the quad, I'll yeah. sing on the show. Super. Woo! Yeah. I, I think you already made that promise and I already accepted it. I don't know that I did, but. That's <laughs> uh, good. That's good. Uh, yeah, look, man, that's a fantastic segue to the only thing of note uh, that we have to talk about. No, it's not. There's so many things that we could talk about. But the most recent outing for the Reds was, of course, the 4 0 spanking um, offered to uh, Manchester United uh, in the week. You and I and uh, Lisa Marie and Simon spoke on Monday night ahead of that. Uh, And then on the Tuesday, wasn't it? We had the game against United um, Mm -hmm. and it was all sorts of fun. Hashtag fun, Lisa Marie. It really was. Hashtag fun. Football is fun. (laughs) It was genuinely crack. Now, I know you were watching it after the event, weren't you? Because you'd work situations going on. But let's pull it apart a little bit because, you know, I, I, I think I may have talked the whole fan um, uh, horrible moments to death on various podcasts. But I'm also aware that you guys haven't had a chance to. So do feel free to if you want. I know we spoke about the city fans and their reprehensible behavior on uh well, sorry, the minority of City fans and their represent, reprehensible behaviour on Monday night. But we got it again after the, um, what I thought was impeccably observed and, you know, kind of classy organisation of the the tribute to um, um, the passing of, of, of Ronaldo's kid. Um, in the context of that as well, you know, I mean, not it's not, it's not looking for uh, any special kind of um, pats on the back there but in the context of that to come up with all the horrific chants that they did um, was quite stunning to me I have to say Um, but like I say I I don't know if you want to even mention that I'm just throwing it out there to start just so it's there on the table I'll I'll get the ball rolling this week because my big takeaway from it and this is going to seem a bit weird and it might seem a bit overdone but my takeaway from it was watching Mo Salah finish that first of his two because yeah. for me, it was, it was, how many times have we seen Mo bearing down and goal in the last eight, 10 games and having the very frustrating sort of um, result of having the shot blocked, having the shot saved, having the shot go wide, having the shot go narrowly wide, whatever it's been. And I, I've said this to Jan last night and I, I bowed to nobody on this. And actually, I think he, he he pretty much rode straight in and agreed with me. If this amazing thing that's on the table is going to get done, it's not going to get done unless Mo Salah is at his absolute best. And it was just lovely, lovely, lovely. And Cam, I'll start with you on this, to see him returning to his absolute best. And to get two in the night is a beautiful bonus as well. And don't think for a second that second one didn't make the di- world of difference to him. He got to do his lovely, um, you know, sort of uh, Buddha celebration. Yeah. Um, 
it was fantastic and, and it's huge for us uh, like uh, like i say about to nobody in that i think it's fucking huge for us and what remains potential for us to achieve this season yeah i mean uh a fit and firing well he's always fit isn't he uh, a firing mo salah is 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 crucial to everything we want to achieve this season i mean i i just think there's not enough words to describe Mo Salah ultimately you know I mean we had a conversation a a week or so ago two weeks ago about whether he should be starting the next game because of the the form he was in well this is why we kept kept him playing this is proof of the pudding that you you know when you've got a world-class player possibly the best player in the world he's undroppable regardless of his form so to see him assisting as well as scoring um it, it's it's just great and um it it can only be it can only be a good thing for us going forward because you know, the goals have been spread around i mean all four you know even Jota when he came on they contributed and that's brilliant you're not you know we've proved over the last since Mo's come back from the afcon We've not been relying on Mo to get results, mm. but having Mo seal results or you know the crucial first goal, whatever it may be, having him back in that mix again, it's, there's nothing better than that. I have to say, I think that's a really good point that Cam makes there, Lisa Marie, is that you know to to sort of underline what I was driving at. You know, it's we've had people step up to the plate. Diogo Jota has. Sadio's been scoring again and has throughout, to be fair, maybe just not as regularly as we wanted. Uh, Bobby Firmino's done great bits as well. Um, and obviously, uh, the new man Diaz is uh, uh, just a bit of a phenomenon that we're all very excited about. And he looks to be a nailed on starter now, which is quite the tribute to him indeed. Um, but the joy um, to get back to that of seeing Mo do the thing is only outweighed by the kind of hope that that brings you because we've seen this season alone Mo Salah score two goals that you know you just kind of drop whatever you're doing and think did I just see that so we know he's on a different level and you know we know he can make a difference in a big game and it's just it's just it, it it's left me filled with hope for what remains of the season Lisa Marie you know I think now of course I wasn't able to watch the match live, but, you know, I watched it afterwards. And of course I was following online. And I think I said to you, Trev, it was, it was actually fun to follow on Twitter or discord or whatever, because it usually isn't. But when I sat down to watch it, of course, you know, I knew when the goal, I knew the goals were coming and I knew, you know, even pretty much when they were going to come. But the thing, I mean, just the smile on Mo's face and not just on his face, but, but the other players as they came over to congratulate him. I mean, it was it was just so lovely to see. I mean, you, his his smile, especially, just could have lit that stadium. I think, um, especially the second goal. I mean, he was just he was just so pleased, and I was so pleased for him. And you could and you could tell, you know, the same across across the team that that they were just. It was like, yeah, you know, Mo's Mo's back, and I and I think you're right. I mean, while him not scoring in the last couple you know, months hasn't necessarily 
hurt us, it is something that we need to get us over the line. And I mean, and I think that's been part of the overall success this season is that the goals have come across the team, you know, not just from the, you know, those playing in the front line, but, you know, you know, Fabina's banged a couple in and, you know, Kanate and, you know, I mean, they've just been coming across the team, which has just helped and not put that burden on Mo or Mane or whatever that they've got to score. And, and so I think that was just one of the, you know, there's so many joyful takeaways from Tuesday's match, but, but in my, but in my heart, that was, that was definitely one. And you mentioned Sadio Mane there as well. And um, I spoke again, I think last night to Jan on, on, on our show about what a joy it is to see him and, and on Raw immediately afterwards as well. I was, I, I was just full of, full of, um, admiration for this guy uh, who has gone into this new position for him and pretty much nailed it now. You know, he's 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 really got that central role and he has an advantage that Bobby doesn't have actually in that he is such a strong, physically strong player, um, has such a, 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 a mastery of that side of the game and can roll a player easily um if he wants to but then again you can see him like that lovely pass around the corner that little dinked first time pass from Joel Matip's fantastic uh um pass into his feet um you know he's got that sort of guile that Bobby has as well and and when you add the goals going to it it's just a remarkable thing and <clears throat> Again, Lisa Marie can't mention it there. So you've got Sadio growing into this role, um, which may be really timely. Um, we know that Bobby's ready to step up at any minute. Like, I mean, he's been so good in the bits that we've seen of him recently. We know Diogo Jada is a born goal scorer, a finisher. This is this is why it's so exciting. But the thing that can mention as well is really interesting. Each of those four guys got an assist on the board too. Um, so so the link up plays is 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 next level as well. And I don't know what you think. And it, it, we we can use this as a segue later on. But I think we're going to need that against Everton. Um, you know, we got to see the NFT midfield uh, against uh, a, a City. We didn't. Um, Hendo came back in for the Man United game. But sh- can we just take a second, you and I, Lisa Marie, and I'll go to, 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 to Cam on this, to just talk about how, well, it, it worked a treat. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say that Jordan pulled up any trees or was just outstanding, but we didn't miss a beat. And we dominated that game and we dominated that area of the field. And yes, I know Man United were an absolute joke in that first half. <laughs> but but we continued to do that. And he was on the pitch. And, you know, credit where it's due, I think. And yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think that's what we need. I mean, we, we've all talked about how, you know, the rotation and especially with Naby Keita and Tiago was, was going to be so important for this last run of games for us, you know, to to accomplish what we certainly hope we're going to be able to accomplish is that, you know, we need them fit and firing for the really important games, you know, and again, I mean, pretty much every game is important in some degree for the rest of the season, but, but, you know, there are, there are some that, you know, carry a little more weight than others. And, um, you know, I'm honestly, you know, and and I know we'll probably get into where we start chatting about lineups for the, Everton game on Sunday 
but yeah, I think, you know, I think Jordan Henderson did an absolutely fine job and, and more than fine on um on Tuesday. You know, I mean, he he played well, especially and again, you're right. You know, I mean, <laughs> I think everybody looked, you know, you sometimes want to take a step back and be like, well, did they play really well or was it just in contrast to, you know, what Man United was was not doing? But but I think he did. Um you know, there were a couple times you know, when I was watching and it was like, oh, that was nice. Oh, okay, that was the Henderson pass. Okay, that was cool. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, hopefully he's just, you know, clipped himself back over better form. And quite possibly because he hasn't been playing as much for the last few weeks, you know, because he's been rotated with Navi and Tiago and, and whoever else, that, that that has allowed him better recovery time, which – just allows him to play better when he is in the team. I think that's absolutely fair. And, and, and Cam, that's the point that I wanted to double down on because, you know, this is going to be, it's what is this going to be except a feel-good podcast? Our team are mm. reaching unprecedented levels. I'm watching interviews with the players and they're talking about, you know, what's possible and they're batting it all away and they don't want to hear to, uh, any any chats about predictions or, or or any of the rest of it. And yet, here we are um, on the 20th, 22nd of April and, and and everything is still possible. So this is an unprecedented situation. So we would be dopes not to revel in it. And if we can revel in the front line like you and I did a second ago and talking about all these goals that are coming from various areas and assists from all over the place and Diaz, you know, just looking like a world beater already. It's just fantastic. I mean, it's, it's given us such a boost, that kid's arrival. Mm. But in the midfield area, we have... Now it would appear some choice. I think the drop away when you go past Henderson and and I mean Henderson at his best, um, the drop away is actually a little bit significant there. So like it, it, the four that we've got there, Naby, Tiago, who Christ alive has have you ever seen a performance like that? Naby, Tiago, and 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 um, Fabinho. And, and Jordan, that's our four. I, I don't want to sound cruel, Cam, but I think there's a bit of a drop away. There's two things I'm, I'm going to throw at you here. First, I think there's a drop away to the next guy in. And then in the defence, we have the same situation where we have Ibu Kanate coming in and just like knocking it out of the park. I mean, just an enormous presence at the back, reading the game really well, a good passer of the ball, and has that goal threat that we saw three games in a row from corners. That's a remarkable weapon to have in your arsenal. Almost consider selecting him in just on that basis alone. But Joel Matip came in, and came back in, rather, and was outrageously good, again, against United. Um, absolutely central to at least one of the goals with his passing, first time passing in defeat as well, if, if you don't mind. we got choices all over this park. The one area that I think that we that's jumping out that we probably need to address over the summer, and this is no slight on Curtis or Ox or any of the rest of them, or Harvey Elliott, who is still but a fetus, I think we do need another uh, one in there, but Christ alive, it's it's it. it I'm I'm nitpicking now, man. Things are mm. things are things are good right now. Yeah, I mean, um, I think you're right. There is a there is a drop off on the midfield four. Um, obviously, I don't, I don't think Harvey's too far behind. Um, I think he's shown at the beginning of the season with his performances that he, he will he will settle in very very quickly. Um, going for 
you know, possibly he might get the odd game this season still, but definitely next season you'll see a lot more of him. Um, I think the worry for me is Curtis Jones. He had an opportunity, um, especially last season. He got more minutes than I thought he would because obviously of the injuries, and he hasn't kicked on. He's uh, sort of fallen by the wayside. Um, and I think this season, the minutes he's got shows I was right in my thinking last season that he wouldn't get those minutes if all the players were fit. Um, so not to blow my own trumpet a little bit, but I'm blowing my own trumpet. Um, <laughs> but but, but it, it goes to what you're saying. There is that drop-off. But there are times when those players do come in and they 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 look like a duck to water in the team. So, obviously, Ox will... Ox, I don't see him staying. I see him going this summer. Uh, Milner, I don't see him getting any more minutes because the worrying thing for me, for the likes of Jones and Ox, is, is Milner's getting on ahead of them. That's not a good sign for those players. Yeah. So and That's a, that's um, a really good yeah, point you're making. And, and that's James a really Milner's good actually point. started games ahead of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that tells you that, you know, Klopp is looking at these, he's not trusting those players again. So, you know, Ox was getting a few games, not even being mentioned anymore until tonight. So with our back back four, you know, it's just brilliant. You know, you've not mentioned Joe Gomez, who I still think is, uh, you know, uh, I think I want him to have a big future at LFC. I think he's, I think he's a brilliant defender. Um, we were talking two seasons ago how we don't need to go and buy another centre-back because he's he solved all our centre-back issues along with um, Virgil. And Matip is the backup, and now he's fourth choice. So we, we, it's an embarrassment of riches when all the players are fitter and avail- fit and available. And again, that's what we need going into you know the last last quarter of the season that we've got now. Well, just under a quarter, isn't it? One other point, um, just on uh, generally what we've done this season. If we beat Villarreal and we and we, and we you know we get to the Champions League final, will and obviously we then have have been available. Will have then played every single game that we could have played this season. That's got to be surely the first team in top flight English football that has done that, regardless of how many competitions they've been in, you know, whether yeah, they've been in Europe be. or not in yeah, Europe. Yeah, it would be, yeah. Yeah, it I can't, I don't think anybody else has ever done it, have they? I mean, that's just, just just a testament to what a brilliant, brilliant season we've actually had this season, regardless of, you know, whatever happens over, over the coming few, you know, coming month and a half. It has been a phenomenal season, what they've done. Can I just uh, come in here on this as well? Because sure. I want, I, I kind of want to start driving the bus towards what's coming up because you've given us an opportunity to do that now with the reference to the coming month and a half. And, you know, we are recording this on Friday night. Um, it'll probably be out, if not tonight, then in the morning. So it'll have a little bit of time to live before the Everton game. So we do have a couple of games coming up 
quick and fast. The fixtures are bananas, as we know, because we are victims of our own success, which is wonderful. And the remaining games available to Liverpool this season then are as follows. We have Everton um, on Sunday at half past four, and we follow that up very quickly with another Anfield outing. We've had a, it's a, it's a fantastic run of games uh, at home that we've had. Um, not easy ones, but it's worked out r- really well for us. Uh, we follow that up, like I say, on Wednesday with the first leg of that semi-final against Villarreal. Now, I'm going to speak briefly about them in, um, after we talk about Everton. I don't think we'll do a huge amount on Everton um, because, like I say, it's the shortest turnaround. Um, we have then Newcastle within three days of that, the Saturday after the Wednesday. And that is a half 12 game. It is, yeah. Uh, at at uh, Newcastle's place, and they are kind of resurgent. So that's a banana skin and a half, if we're being perfectly honest. We'll talk about the two other games I've mentioned in a second. Then we have the second leg away at Villarreal, which is again less than optimal, if we're being honest. Then we have an Anfield Spurs, who are, um, you know, a real cured egg of a team. They have a potentially, they can be potentially excellent, and then sometimes not so much. And they have. We all know about the attacking talents they possess. A difficult one for sure. Aston Villa follow three days later uh, at Aston Villa's place. Another away game for us. Um, We then have the FA Cup final on the 14th of May against Chelsea because, of course, because, of course, it's against Chelsea. And then we have the Southampton game to be rearranged. The last game of the league is on the 22nd of May against Wolves um, at Anfield. And then potentially, if we are good and lucky enough to get past Villarreal, we might have a Champions League final as well. It's so bloody exciting, lads. uh, uh, Let's start with that uh, Everton match. And again, I spoke to Jan, I spoke to the lads on Raw immediately afterwards about, uh, about Everton, I think, towards the end of the show. And what chance do they have of staying up? And I think they've been lucky with the way that results have gone of late. And then Burnley have started to put together a little bit of resurgence. So I'm looking at them. And Cam, I'll just stay with you on this for a start. Um, looking at the table as it is right now, um, it's kind of interesting, right? I mean, you've got a, a situation there where they should be safe enough they should keep out of danger now, but there's literally only a point between them and Burnley. They have mm. a game less played, yeah. but if you count that as the game that they play against us on the weekend... I think they Burnley should... play first, don't they? Yeah, so they could. There is a situation where Burnley could leapfrog them. If we beat Everton and Burnley get their uh, win, whoever the hell they're playing, I couldn't actually care less at the moment to go check that out. So it's an interesting one. Um, It puts a bit extra is what I'm saying, Cam. Burnley's win last night, whereas everybody was excited about it, it puts extra pressure on this freaking game for us. And Jurgen talked about how he wanted to see a tense and exciting and physical game. And we've had a very traumatic recent history of fucking tense and exciting and particularly physical games against Everton, which absolutely kiboshed our season. I don't want to see one of those at all. I want to see us playing the ball around them and embarrassing them. That's what I want to see, Cam. Mm. But um, how do you feel? Well, what kind of feel do you get for this? You see where I'm going with this? There's more on this game now than there fucking should be because the fact that Burnley are a little bit resurgent. Well, Burnley are playing Wolves at two o'clock before the game on Sunday. So if they by any chance 
beat Wolves, they'll be ahead. Obviously, they'll then have played two games more. They'll be two points ahead. Um, Everton will have to come out, all guns blazing and kicking and screaming and fighting and pulling the pigtails. Of diving. Yeah, and diving. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Gordon, no names mentioned. Um, <laughs> Rick Carlson, no names mentioned. Pigeonhead. Um, and then... <laughs> Yeah, I'm a bitch, aren't I? Um, so it it they they could get it could get nasty, it it could genuinely get nasty. Um, I'm not sure who the referee is, but I know who's on VAR, and that uh, so we've got to make sure we don't go to VAR because we've got that twat turny on VAR. So that's um, we're not going to get anything go our way on VAR, obviously. You know, it, it's 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 just too tight, isn't it? I'm looking at yeah. I'm looking at it, just as you say it, right? Everton have Chelsea after us. That's I mean, that's no easy game for them. And Chelsea have oh they've got the harder running. Everton have oh yeah they, they have, have a horrible run. They, 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 yeah. they have Leicester, then they have yeah. Watford who are down, but that doesn't actually mean anything in the Premier League. Sometimes that's when no. teams start to play well. They they've do, got yeah. Brentford, uh, Palace, and then they finish with freaking Arsenal. Whereas yeah. Burnley's run in. Unless I'm mistaken, is you? I think you're right. That's a little bit better. Burnley have uh, Wolves, Watford, Villa, Spurs, Villa again. Yeah, they got Villa twice. And, and uh, Newcastle. Okay, that's not easy either necessarily. It's not easy either, but you know, you just think with it's much of a muchness, really. If you ask yeah. me, I mean, personally, I think I've I've said since January, February, I think the ever safe. Everton are safe because there's three teams below them who are worse than them. So I don't see Everton not staying up. And I think that's purely because Burnley won't do enough to stay up, ultimately. I don't think it'll be because of anything Everton do over yeah. the course of the next six or seven games. How many? They've got seven games left, I think, haven't they? So um, I don't think they'll do enough in those seven games themselves i think it'll be more of burnley not doing it but it doesn't mean to say sunday is going to be easy for us but ultimately man to man it's not it's not a competition but it's a derby game form book goes out the window blah 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 all the usual cliches um you could you could have said the same about tuesday night you know united should be fired up they're playing their biggest rivals and we just destroyed them absolutely destroyed them i mean i had a great time in uh in traffic today absolutely magical time <laughs> United fans, uh, I, I did you know I went there and I just uh, I saw I saw the man Greg and I, and I just I ripped him a new one and he, he goes he, he, even the, and then I saw a Man City fan there I ripped him a new one he didn't want to speak to me after after uh, last Saturday's result so you know lap it up red fans lap it up enjoy this you know, I mean, <laughs> you know Ferguson ruined my childhood but we're going to ruin his um Retirement. So um <laughs> I thought you were gonna really lean into that. We're gonna ruin the chill child the yeah. child childhoods of his grandchildren or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we could do that as well. So um, I mean yeah. I mean but yeah, it's gonna be a really difficult it's gonna be a tricky game, but if we play our game, if we play our football, it we'll win the game. It's as simple as that. You could say that you could say that about every game that remains to us between any and the season camp. But, like but it, if we're being honest, are, you know how poor they are. And once we if we impose ourselves on the game on the game the way we should, yeah, our quality will shine through. 
Well, you know, it's interesting. Burnley actually beat them recently, which was obviously a massive, massive yeah. game. And then Everton had a one-all draw with Leicester in their most recent outing. And they've got, obviously, um, they've got Tyrannosaurus Rex arms there in the goals. Um, and they had in their most recent game, um, the captain Coleman was right back and Mikelenko Godfrey and Yerry Mina were the centre-halves, Alan, Delph and Iwobi not a midfield to strike fear into anyone's heart and the kid Gordon uh, Richarlison who just is needs endless kicking and, and Gray uh, yeah I, I couldn't agree more uh, but they also have Calvert-Lewin to add into the mix there up top they've got Mason Holgate they can bring in they've got Ducouré they can bring into midfield and um they played Kenny at right back in the game before last. So they can shake it up a little bit, but like you say, that squad shouldn't really have us quaking in our boots. But, you know, listen, Marie, this is a, it's kind of more of a, this is more of a kind of a, a, a mindset question for yourself. I mean, it can't be easy to, uh, it can't be easy to maintain the high levels needed of motivation each and every game when each and every game is so freaking massive you know the psychology of that is 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 quite complex i would imagine the reason why i think jimmy milner's getting starts ahead of other lads who would appear to be fitter who would appear not well who would appear to be uh possibly more talented um and would have possibly more pace and that kind of thing, obviously. Well, everybody's got more pace than Jimbo except me. Uh, the, 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 the one thing you'd say is it's probably an awful lot to do with that lad's mentality and it's got to do with his presence and how he makes other people feel around him. It's pro- we're getting into those kind of grey areas now. If we're going to get the, a couple of these trophies, if not all of them over the line, the psychology is going to be huge because we know we've got wonderful players. As Cam says, we've got better players than almost everybody you you put us up against on any given day. And if we play our game again, as Cam says, uh, we can beat anybody and we probably will beat anybody if we play at our very best. And I include City in that. And we've had recent experience of it. Um, and who knows? We, we we may have a situation again if we do well enough to get past Villarreal. We'll, we will meet them once more in a, in a final, perhaps. But the like I say, the, the the mentality thing is 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 huge, and it shouldn't be underestimated uh, how much of a part of the game that is, and how well it's sort of coped with at our club. You never get the feeling, do you? Sometimes you think the lads look a bit leggy, but you never think the lads look complacent. You never think the lads look overconfident. Uh, Virgil made a bit of a mistake there in the. In the last game, and he got an uproarious bollocking uh, from Kloppo. It was in the first five or ten minutes, and Klopp was having none of it. It was a bit of a lax pass out from the back by Virgil, and he went for his throat from the sideline. I gotta say, Lisa Marie, I love all that. Yeah, I think mentality or the mindset of our team is is one of our greatest strengths, and and it starts from the top. As you said, you know, I mean, and I mean, let's just take the two game, the game that we played Tuesday and then the game ahead on Sunday and look at who is leading those two teams and setting their mentality. And honestly, that probably has a lot to do or maybe not a lot, but is a contributing factor to where those teams are right now. I mean, you know, Man United, you know, there is no leadership on the field really or off it right now 
and you could tell. You absolutely could tell. And, you know, and as far as Everton is concerned, I mean, you know, I, I could be absolutely wrong, but, you know, Frank Lampard does not strike me as an inspirational leader of men. Could be wrong. Don't know him personally. But, I mean, I remember seeing a press conference after one of the matches within the last month or so where, I mean, he threw the players under the bus. So, yeah. why would you, you know, I mean, anyway. I mean, so I think it starts from the top down. And we've known for a long, long time that we have nothing but the best at the top for us, starting with Klopp and working the way down, you know, to the other, you know, assistants and, and through the team. I mean, you know, you can't really name one player on Man United or that is really a leader on the field or, or these days is a leader on the field field um whereas i mean we can start counting you know on both hands for our team for our squad so i i think that is i think it's and i think you're absolutely right about james milner i think there is something about not just his mindset and leadership but i think he does have kind of a maybe a little bit of a settling presence you know on the field just you know when he's brought in to kind of help see those games out that he kind of keeps everyone from sort of, you know, losing their heads and, and letting mistakes happen, you know, yeah. a little bit at the end. So it's almost like having a coach on the field, um, you know, with you. So, yeah, I, I think mindset, mindset is absolutely a huge part of our success. And speaking of mindset, just one last topic that I want to introduce before we sort of freewheel our way out of the show is the second game that's coming up before we speak again, which is, of course, the first leg of the Champions League semi-final. And again, you say sentences like that and you have to pause every so often and just appreciate the fact that you're saying sentences like that um, because it has been a relentless um, march to success under this manager. And it's, 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 uh, it's a glorious thing. I, I have been cautioning left, right and centre uh, anyone who listened to me uh, against overconfidence and I've heard far too much of it and I understand that you know people were glad that this was the draw that we got but also just bear in mind that these guys managed over two legs to put out the club who might have been joined favourites for uh, the trophy if we're being perfectly honest who have a super super squad um, and yet they got past them because not just because, but uh, there's a huge amount of it is because Unai Emery seems to be just this cup manager supreme. He knows what he's doing in these competitions. He won three Europa Leagues back-to-back with Sevilla. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. That's an outrageously uh, fantastic achievement. He does have a league on title. He has a couple of French cups from his time there with Paris Saint-Germain. He has a, a, he got to the final of the Europa League with Arsenal, which is probably like a trophy in itself, considering, you know, <laughs> Arsenal. Uh, and he's got to bloody Euro, Europa League. He's got another one under his belt with Villarreal in 2021. Um, you add all those things together and you see a guy who absolutely understands what it is to manage his way through a cup competition. And you look at the squad that uh, Villarreal have, and, you know, there's names on there that some people will recognize and names that some people won't recognize. But I found it very interesting to just have a look at what they've been up to. And in their league, I mean, they're nowhere near even Champions League places. There's something like, I think, uh, eight points or something like that. Nine points off the Champions League places. Um, 
that's not too impressive. I think we'll all agree. And you look at their lineup in their most recent uh, Champions League game, the one where they won one nil against uh, uh, Bayern Munich, but a Bayern Munich team who lined up with Alfonso Davies and Pavard and Upamecano and Hernandez and Kimmich. Uh, Musiala and Muller and Kingsley Coleman and Nabry and Lewandowski and the bench with Nicolas Sule and Goretzka and Sané and uh, Sabitzer and all these fantastic footballers and they won that and they got past them and the uh, the Villarreal team has Etienne Capu some some people remember him Danny Parejo lads will remember him Francis Coquelin people remember him Giovanni Lo Celso again people remember him because they were bit part players for various teams at various times uh, Moreno and Gronewald up top the people might remember Al Albiol um, uh, at centre half but it doesn't really matter that these guys aren't you know players that are going to be courted by the very biggest clubs because they seem to have that team thing going on and Cam just to get a take from both of you on this I'll start with yourself I mean I wish people would hearken back to when Liverpool won the Champions League and nobody gave us a chance but we had a guy who knew what he was doing in Rafa Benitez and who was managing the resources that he had at the very peak of his powers and managed to get squeezed every last drop. We had people like Anthony Letalek coming on uh, and, and making a difference. We had people like Igor Bishkan playing in bloody semi-finals and, got, and we get to that final. Uh, and you, then it doesn't matter that we're 3-0 down in the final and it's the greatest game ever, etc., etc. We all know how that story goes. So I just, it, it fills me with dread when I see people sort of brush these guys to one side as if, yeah, well, we're going to be better than them. That's that's just not how these things work in, in, in Cup semi-finals. It's just not. No, it's not. I mean, um, there's, there's so much to play for. They, they will be so up for it. They will be so high after that Bayern result you know who who in their right mind would have said they would have beaten Bayern only anybody connected with Villarreal nobody else nobody else gave him a chance of, of, of going through there so I mean you know you're right to bring the comparison of 2005 you know we beat Juve we beat Chelsea um, you know teams undoubtedly better than us a, that AC Milan side undoubtedly the best team in Europe at the time. Look at look at the players they had. You know, every player, player for player, was better than who we had apart from maybe Stevie G. And even that was debatable with with Kaka playing the Stevie G position and Kaka being probably one of the best players in the world at that time. So um, it is. Um, oh crikey, man! You brought some memories back now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's going to be incredibly tough. It, it, you know, I mean, I was saying to one of those uh, silly Mancunians today in Trafford when I was there winding the shit out of them. Um, there's only three games right now that concern me. Three games. That's the Everton on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that's our that's our next most important game, the league game. Then it's the Villarreal because that's our next most important game in the Champions League. And then it's the FA Cup final because that's our next most important game in the FA Cup. So 
Oh, okay. You got me there. I thought you were going to just go with the next three games. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. I've gone with the three games that actually genuinely mean something that are guaranteed to mean something right now. Obviously, there's going to be league games in between before the FA Cup final, you know, Newcastle away. Then there's the Villarreal return fixture. Um, so, but I just meant those are the three games that are on the focus right now until one is completed for the next one to become a focus as such. You know, if you're going by competition, like, because apparently we're going for four cups this year. You know, you'd have thought that um, last summer. Can you imagine that last summer? Who'd have thought that this time last year? Yeah, that's that's the point. This time last year, we were thinking we're not even going to get into the Champions League. And then this year, sorry to go off on a tangent, because I, I just can't help going back to this. But because it, it's just unheralded. I just can't get over it. Uh, can I just say that in the background, I'm slowly, slowly, like in a, in a movie cliche, pulling my hand up at the back of the room, the only person, because last year was such a travesty of injustice and bad luck yeah. uh, that, you know, it it, 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 it was never going to happen again. And the anxiety I had was over whether Virgil would come back and be OK. Yeah, yeah. That, that was yeah. that was one thing. That was yeah. one thing. Right. Uh, but, you know, then we got Canati and it was like, well, we might be OK anyway. And I, I, I was I was hopeful. I have to say I was really hopeful that we'd get back on track pretty quick. Uh, this lot are just too good. And and by the way, credit where it's due. One of the best things that I've seen uh, in my time as a Liverpool supporter, we've been f- uh, throwing around references to the Champions League wins there in this show alone was the attaining of Champions League football and that run towards the end of the season with that depleted uh, squad, yeah. uh, that was magnificent, Cam. Mm. Uh, again, we can't do it. We, I, you know, the justice of that is what we're seeing this season. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. E- exactly that. I mean, our words can't do it justice. What the team is doing on the pitch right the, now yeah. is doing it justice. The lads are doing it justice, yeah. The lads are doing it justice. You know, this is this just shows that... Oh, what, what am I trying to say here now? This just shows that the whole setup... It goes back to what I was saying last week. Everything at the club is so in sync that this is what we can achieve. I mean, we everyone throwing their toys out the pram because... We didn't sign X, Y, and Z, and and Leicester won the transfer window last summer, and Everton won it the summer before. Doesn't mean shit. We don't know shit. Ultimately, we're just gobs on sticks. <laughs> How very dare you! <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, that's all I've ever been. Uh, over, <laughs> oversized head on a lollipop stick. I, 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 I know exactly. I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm meaning it, you know, in a in a jovial way because it's it's just such a great place to be right now. I've never felt this jolly, for want of a a funny term, yeah. about being a Reds fan. You know, what I mean, there's nothing to feel bad about, regardless of what happens going forward. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Because what we're doing is is unbelievable. We, this by far for me now is the greatest Liverpool team I've ever seen. Because I agree of what, because of what they've achieved this season, in what they yeah. are achieving this season, in the fact that they, you know, to to do everything they've done this season, and at no point, even when we were like 
you know, 14 points behind Man City with two games in hand. But everybody always says, well, it's better to have the points on the board than games in hands. You know? And we got that back to a point. Who would have thought that? And don't forget, Man City, the cheating, snivelling wankers they are. Excuse my language there, people. You know, to, to be where they are, we, we're the only team over the last four or five years who have consistently challenged them. Nobody else has got close. Nobody else. I mean, last year, oh, Man United, they finished second. They're going to be, you know, champions this year. Fuck off. <laughs> you, you, you got lucky because of what, what happened to us. Because of what happened to us. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't exactly. because of what you guys did. You know, you, you're playing a, a style of football that you couldn't uh, progress and evolve from. And now where are you? Exactly where you deserve to be. In the fucking gutter. I fucking hate them. Yeah, we, we we did pick up on that. Like, t- t- I, I'm going to start wrapping things up here. Um, but at least we're oh, going to off too many tangents. Here, no, that's, so. ta- tangents are what it's all about. That's exactly what this this show, by the way, if you're if it's your first time listening to it, this is what we do. It's freewheeling. There is uh, always a loose structure in the, in the back of my head or even written down in front of me, but we just go where we go. And I, that's what I love about it. But Lisa Marie, I will give you a chance to talk about the semi final as well because you haven't gotten a, a word in on that. Um, and then we'll wrap it up. I mean, as as you look ahead to this, again, uh, you are accustomed to the to the Reds being bloody fantastic, and then you had the trauma of last season and and everything that that did to us, and 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 the the, the redemption at the end of it. Um, as Cam says, the lads are really doing justice to that effort. Now we find ourselves, like I said, it's 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 mad even to hear yourself saying these sentences in this semi final of the Champions League. Um, we can't take it for granted in any way, shape, or form. But it is really why you're why you're so invested in the club, isn't it? To get to these occasions and want want to, we we've talked about this a million times. Enjoy them in inverted commas. This is what it's all about. These massive, massive games, and even better if we get to that final. Yeah, we and I mean we've said it many times on this show that you know we need to be enjoying this team, and and I certainly think that you know, that we all are. And, you know, one of the things that I really noticed in the last couple of weeks is you can see that the team is enjoying each other. They are enjoying being out on that field, playing with who they're playing with. And, you know, and I think they lift each other to that next level because, you know, there's just, they're just such a tight knit group. You know, we don't hear about, you know, or rarely do we hear of, you know, I mean, they just, you can tell that they all, you know, that they seem to get along. They genuinely like each other and they, and they, you know, there's not really, you know, they, they each want to lift the other to the next level for the good of the team. You know, they're working together as a unit. They're not, I mean, yeah, there is, you know, some competition, so to speak, but it's kind of that, which you hear called healthy competition, if you will. So, yeah. And I mean, I am, I'm excited because this is kind of the first champions league semifinal where I've been like all in invested, um, you know, because when we were getting to this um, point in the 18-19 season was when I was really starting, you know, to get to get involved. And, you know, I, you know, was was learning more and more. And as you know, as that as it just moved on. So, I mean, just to be able to watch this build from the beginning of the season and, you know, and see us reach this point is is just exciting for me personally. And, you know, like I said, 
when the Benfica games were in front of us, I mean, about the extent of what I, I know about Villarreal is it's in Spain. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, um, I know Albi Moreno plays for them, but he also, I mean, that's, you know, not even really, yeah, anyway. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be leaning in on that, you know, Dave Hendrick, Carl Matchett um, scouted a podcast next week to, uh, you know, to get a little bit better of an understanding about what we're, we're really up against. But, but I don't think, you know, it doesn't feel like, and it could be that people are just saying all the right things, but it doesn't feel like Klopp and the, you know, and everyone, they don't think, oh, well, it's just Villarreal. Okay, move on. You know, we're, we're a shoe in. I, you know, they take it seriously. And I think that going back to the mindset, like we spoke about a little bit, a little bit ago is, is part of what is helping us gain or get to the success that, that we're seeing this season. You'll never get that sort of attitude from um, a Jurgen Klopp team ever. Uh, it's because he he's he's just not that way himself. He exactly. doesn't take he doesn't take things for granted, and uh, you know, um, uh, there's so, there's just so much to love at the moment. We there's so many things we could pull apart, but we want to keep this to an hour or so. We're just about hitting that mark and just about possibly going past it as I speak. So I do want to start <laughs> wrapping it up. Um, as I had promised to do, keep it to the hour. So if you have anything that you want to uh, recommend or if you have any final thoughts, then this is the time to do them. Um, the only thing I will say is that in case people are uh, interested, I have had a little bit of an issue with the website for uh, the great stories. That's totally my my fault because the way stuff is going on at the moment with, with me, with various family commitments, it's kind of overwhelming. Today it was such a joy just to get to do stuff on my own, in my own space. Uh, and I just have neglected a couple of things I should have done. Um, we will be back up and running. And if anybody uh, for some reason has dropped out of their support and for various reasons, I would really appreciate it if you can check back in with that. Uh, there will be two shows this month regardless of the fact that one of them is a bit late i promise too there will be two so in case you are interested in any way shape or form um the great stories will continue greatstoriespod.com is where you can go to support uh my efforts on that show and i do appreciate it if you do also and um, there's a lot of people doing tremendous work across this whole platform between anfield index and anfield index pro uh it shouldn't require me saying this, but you may be one of the people who only listens to us. And if you haven't heard any of the stuff that's on offer across the channel, listen, I genuinely can't recommend it highly enough. I, and it's not partisan. I wouldn't tell you that it's good if it's not good. I just wouldn't. Um, it's something I'm very happy to be part of. A lot of people doing very high quality work. Uh, some very talented broadcasters and contributors. Um, and it makes... Uh, a difference, I think, to your enjoyment of a season when you can have something you can click into and feel you're a part of, that Discord group is it for some people. I'm not a joiner, so I don't get in there much. But I do understand what it's like. I used to be like that when I had um, uh, involvement with the Liverpool offside. I used to love that. I used to love all the chats. So do have a look. Check out what's what's available across the platform, Anfield Index Pro and Anfield Index and uh, get your uh, get your pods on. Uh, Lisa Marie, what you got to finish us off with? Well, no quote or, or you know, additional reading from um, Child Number Two's essay there, but 
Um, and I really haven't had much time for TV lately, but what I have actually managed to catch is they're finally airing season 11 of Call the Midwife over here. And after 11 seasons, that show can still make me cry. So anyway, <laughs> um, that's probably a more <laughs> still brings me to tears anyway. Um, so, yeah, but no, I hope everyone has a has a good weekend. Um, I am actually headed out of town this afternoon. I'm headed to Memphis to um, meet up with three of my very good friends from college and we are going to have a have a weekend together just catching up we haven't seen each other in about three years i think so um looking forward to that oh fantastic that sounds like a ball um, so i will uh, not probably be able to catch the everton game in real time again i mean seriously the two big <laughs> two of the biggest games of the season i haven't been able to watch them that's okay um it worked out well for me to not watch it live on Tuesday, so let's just hope that trend continues for Sunday, and um, I'll watch it when I get home Sunday evening. Well, I hope you enjoy both uh, things, both your 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 weekend away with the with the with your pals and uh, the match itself. And Cam, what have you got to finish us off with? Uh, any recommendations, or what have you got? Yeah, um, I've got some recommendations, but I did have a, something to finish with, uh, and because I've gone on so many tangents. I've completely forgotten what it was. <laughs> well, actually, no. Go on. if I could cut over you, Cam, there was one more thing I wanted to mention. Um, sure. One of the, you know, LFC put out another, you know, one of those little promotional videos that they do um, earlier today with, with a young man um, who does a podcast and he had Andy Robertson and Curtis Jones on it. And if you haven't seen that, it's about six or seven minutes long. Really take a look at it. I mean, it, it's just, it's, just more of that wonderful content that the club puts out. Um, and, and it just touched me especially because the young man, he's I think 15 years old and he's started this podcast and he's, he's autistic. And um, that's just something that touches me personally because my, my eldest is actually on the autism spectrum. So it's just always lovely to see um, things like this and, and to see the club you know, recognize it and, and give this kid a boost. So it's, it's really very nice. Yeah, it's great stuff. It genuinely is. It's it's heartwarming stuff, and uh, seems like a great lad. And the uh, you know the 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 lads did him proud as well. Andy Robbo yes. looked like he'd done about seventeen. Robbo looked like he had had like six shots of espresso before he recorded 100%, that. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say cocaine, but we'll go with espresso. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with espresso. So, Cam, you, at least we bought you a bit of time there, did you? Think yeah, yeah she did, but I, I still can't remember what it was. But, <laughs> okay. um, no, was correct, so let's get that. that really, I do appreciate the effort. Um, I'm not sure I can follow that up now after that, um, uh, what you just said there. But um, some TV recommendations, I guess. Uh, I just finished um, season two of Bridgerton, um, and it was good. I must admit. I haven't watched yeah, I, think yet. Season, I need to watch that. Some people are saying season two is better. I think maybe season one was better. But um, yeah, so it is what it is. I've started watching Severance. Um, a lot of people are raving about that. Um, I can't remember the name of the the main actor in that who stars in it, but it it's like one of these sci-fi things. And it's, uh, it's, I don't know. I mean, I've been told I've got to give it a few episodes to really get into it. I'm only in episode two at the moment. And I'm also watching uh, Russian Doll on uh, Netflix. And season one was brilliant, Russian Dolls. Uh, season two is really weird, but it's intriguing nevertheless. So there you go. That's me done. They seemed like 
not fully 100% Rex. I look forward to seeing you finishing those seasons and let us know, let, let us know for sure, especially sure. those last two. Bridgerton, dude. Yeah, I like I like soppy stuff like that. You know? Really? Yeah. Is it funny? Yeah, is, 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 does it make you laugh? Because I've, I've heard it's quite witty. It, 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 I wouldn't say it makes me laugh, but it's just like, well, well, you know. I, can, can I share a Bridgerton story before we get out? The reason I, I never watched Bridgerton is when I came in, we, we, I think it came out during lockdown, didn't it? And Because so, yeah. uh, I know my kid and, 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 and partner were in, and you know there was at least three or four other people, for so, no, two other people for reasons. But, uh, sorry, Ireland, um, we didn't definitely didn't break the, the lockdown rules <laughs> like, like Boris and the lads. But there was there was a living room uh, full of, of, of people watching. And I walked in, you know, and I had a flashback to when my dad used to walk in to, he always walked in when some lady was taking her clothes off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I, 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 everybody's looking at each other. Who's exactly, and I'd have managed to maybe get to watch Dallas, and then all of a sudden Lucy Ewing would be starting to take something off, and I'd be on tremendous, tremendous stuff, and then Dad would walk in, and so <laughs> I found myself doing the exact same thing. So my kids and they're watching with a partner and a couple, um, couple other people, like I said, from next door, and I walk in, and there's some of the most gratuitous uh, 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 coupling going on on the TV in front of me and I'm like Was it the scene on the stairs? Lisa Maria, I, I can't <laughs> get into it uh, and I just I, 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 st- I stood there and said well if I just stand still it'll stop but no <laughs> it just went on and on and on and I was like oh for the love of Christ if I, I was moved- watching it like downstairs in the living room and every time one of the kids because our living room and kitchen is like you know big open area so anytime one of the kids would come down I would just pause it and there wouldn't necessarily be anything going on on the screen at the time but <laughs> you never knew what the next just thing was going to be yeah just in case <laughs> I think that's a very very good recommendation from Lisa Marie there if you are watching it and there are underage kids just have the remote control in your hand mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. uh, obviously uh, obviously it is a bit of fun as well so thanks for those Rex Brady thanks to Lisa Marie uh, have enjoyed the show as usual we've gone long I apologise sorry to the advertisers hope we didn't cut into the next show etc etc all those cliches uh look we've got two more games before we speak to you next hopefully when we talk to you then it will be about two reds wins you heard cambridge you heard lisa mariana and i've been trev denny mind yourselves we'll talk to you soon the show has now ended stop recording (laughs) (laughs) we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.